this is the Slip Disc Back Chat Podcast with Rainer Hirsch and Norman Lebrecht. Well, hello and welcome once again to Back Chat, which is the podcast of Slipped Disc. My name is Rainer Hirsch. And I'm Norman Lebrecht. What a pleasure it is to be here with you again. Oh, lovely. What have you been up to? I've been in Germany most of the week, half the week. Actually, I mean, part of Germany nobody knows. It's the remotest part of Germany. It's called Urzedon, which is an island that stretches down the Baltic towards and across the Polish border. And it's, it's so remote. You have to have your own driver because nobody else can find it. Um, you had your own driver. Well, <laughs> you're just excusing having your own driver. I, of course, I had to have one. It's very remote. Nobody can find. Sat nav doesn't operate up there. It. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, that's probably true. I'm going to. I'm going next week to Braunschweig, Brunswick. Oh, for some performances. In fact, so we've been Good. rehearsing. They named that. a record label after it. Ah, so they did. Nobody's named anything after Usedom except. A crime series. If you say Uzdom to people in Germany, they say, ah, Uzdom Krimi, and you can find it on the back end of Channel 4. It's called Nordic Murders. Is it like Murder, She Wrote? Is it the murder capital of North Germany? Um, Not like Murder, She Wrote, because each episode is an hour and a half. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that sounds like very Northern German to me. Now, we have got some great subjects to talk about and some, uh, some reveals. Some reveal, but the first time we're actually going to break stories on Backchat. Another reason you, you need to listen in here. Another reason to uh, listen. I've also got some sound cues to tease our listeners. Uh, this is one of them. That's one of them, and uh, here is another one. This is timed perfectly for the Huddersfield Contemporary Music Festival. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was actually the sound of a vacuum cleaner, so not entirely uh, inappropriate. And this is one, one final excerpt, which will refer to a story we're coming up to. Eagle-eyed listeners will, or eagle-eared listeners will recognise where those pieces of music came from. Now, we are working on a way very shortly where you'll be able to subscribe to our podcast, uh, pay a little bit of money and avoid adverts. Until... I love the adverts. I only listen to the podcast for the adverts. <laughs> we need the adverts, of course, to raise a bit of a small amount of money to pay my parking charges. Oh, gosh. Outside Norman's, which is extra- astronomical city of Westminster. Mansion. Or Camden, which is even higher. But until such time when we sort that out, Here are some adverts. We'll be back in a second. And meanwhile, happy Black Friday to our advertisers. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. 
That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, so welcome back to our discussion. Now, a uh, few things on the website today caught my eye. One is, well, about the ring cycle, which has been... Uh, just made available online. It's Burning's Ring Cycle. This is a story on the November mm. the 20th. Burning's Ring Cycle, which is conducted by Christian Thielemann, um, standing in for Daniel Barenboim. And it was drifted as not being available in the UK, but actually... It's was, there. It is there. You can watch it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And oh. like any ring, it goes round and round and round and round. It's, and, and the thing is, you're invited... But, I really like this part of it. Mm. I turned it on and I watched a bit of Rheingold, absolutely a bit, obviously. But uh, I, we were invited to turn on or off autoplay which is a bit hopeful <laughs> so you can watch the whole 15 hours 25 minutes without touching your keyboard yes i mean I think and it's got it's got bunny rabbits and guinea pigs in it that's so true. if you have household pets <laughs> this is what they should be watching <laughs> well it's another use for your household pets you know i ate guinea pig when i was in peru have you ever done that been to peru Braised. guinea pig guinea pig on the, and, and their famous painting of the last supper christ mm. last mm. supper they are eating a guinea pig, and it's a big sort of traditional dish. It's always on restaurant menus in Peru, and I actually finally, on our, like the end of our stay, decided right, I'm going to order the guinea pig, which is when I ate meat. I don't eat meat anymore. And as the waiter came, you, I was expecting these sliced up meat guinea pig, but no, the waiter came with what was clearly a guinea pig in the process of trying to get away. Oh my and, but as, he, as the waiter swept through the restaurant with this thing, mm-hmm. you could see every other bloke in this restaurant going, oh, I wish I'd ordered the guinea pig. But by then it was too late. So, um, yes, that's an... That, like you, you, I gave up eating meat. And yeah. uh, in Germany, I was served cooked avocado. Really? Have you ever had cooked avocado? Well, why would you do that? Fried, deep fried? Um, nothing, just gently braised. So anyway, that is uh, the ring cycle. And as various people are saying, you know, uh, I tried to watch it here. Frank, uh, commenter, says, I tried to watch it, but a pop-up says, you can't be watched from my current location, which is the US. Somebody said, uh, try a VPN, which is probably highly legal, and set it for mm. a European country. And they said, I did that, and it worked. But I watched it fine. It wasn't, I mean, we're still in Europe, apparently, according to You can't to that. watch anything from the US. You probably can't even get Nordic murders there. <laughs> it's very, very deprived and isolated if it gets, country. If it gets to Netflix, you probably... That's the thing, you can watch things. If it gets to Netflix. Yeah. We, the Ring on Netflix. Anyway, that is, the, that is a thing to watch out for. Uh, by the way, somebody actually said to me, while I was talking about doing this podcast, they texted me and said, uh, yeah, you're doing this with Norman Alberich, which is you. <laughs> yes. And I thought, hey. okay, well, that would be an interesting... Have you renounced love for... Ultimate power. I think you need to ask my wife. <laughs> so no is the short <laughs> answer to that. Okay, so that was the ring cycle. Um, now, a couple of stories. Well, one is uh, which, which features, well, relates to this lady. This is Susanna Milky.
that was Susanna Melki, who is Chief Conductor of the Helsinki Philharmonic Orchestra. She's also a cellist, by the way. And she obviously is a woman. And the story relates to the fact that the New York Philharmonic Orchestra has now reported they finally, or after all these years, got a slender majority of women in the orchestra. 44 to 43, so not exactly That's right. Titanic. But some, some sections have got more than others. We've seen this revolution in our lifetime. Firstly, I think it's rather unfair to call us in Son of Milky, because, as you can hear, she's a pretty meaty conductor, and uh, beefy, even, in passages like that. We've watched orchestras going from zero women to parity, which is stunning, in, you know, in a short lifespan. I remember a time where there were concert halls which didn't have ladies lose backstage, and people had to nip out to the chippy. Um, it was... And now orchestra, playing in an orchestra, uh, is, has become very attractive to women. Rather like GPs, family doctors, always used to be men, and now most of them are women. So it's part of social change. It's have, um, are orchestras less brutal than they used to be? Are they less combative? Are they less um, cruel to each other? Yeah. And probably to their conductors as well. And probably, their, I mean, that, that really we need to ask the, our listeners that because I'm not going to get drawn. Sherry Siner, who is Associate Principal Oboe of the New York Philharmonic Orchestra, mm. reported that when she joined, there were hardly any women's lose. Yep. And uh, was asked by Eric Leinsdorf once when he somehow met her backstage why she didn't wear dresses, why did she wore pants, i.e. trousers for our... For our uh, British business, and um, yeah, so things have changed an awful lot. Um, but the reason why I played to Zanamelki was that that hasn't really surfaced amongst conductors. It's happening now. You do mm. see women conductors, mm. but uh, there was a report by a uh, uh, couple of years ago that only eight of the world's 100 greatest conductors, however you define that, let's break all into small, small groups, uh, are women. Um, you could probably name. Um, them on the fingers of one hand, someone you could, you probably couldn't mm. even say the name of uh, Mirga Regrajinieti Tila. Tila. Oh, there we go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, have it better. Yep. Than, uh, she was, actually added the Tila because she felt she didn't have enough <laughs> syllables in her name. She, she um, was, it's, yeah. yeah, enough to um, yeah, because it was complicated enough filling out those forms with the little square boxes. <laughs> <Yes. you> got, <laughs> so she's at CBS. Marion Alsop, of course, who yes. is you know various places. She was she was. Uh, yes. <laughs> so anyway, that is a big thing. The w parity of women in one of those orchestras, previously pretty unheard of. Except for, you know, there are orchestras like the, the Vienna Philharmonic Orchestra when on New Year's Day you can do Spot the Woman. You know, they play yeah. hard. There's a couple in there. They've, um, I mean, they've upped their game. Yeah. Um, they've now got nine or ten. The thing, what's made the difference over, the, over time is basically blind auditions, isn't it? Yeah. Essentially, yeah. that... Yeah. Uh, Get you behind a screen. Yeah, you go behind... And in fact, you have yeah. to take your shoes off. Take your shoes off so we can't hear click clacks. So, yeah. Exactly, because yeah. people could tell that yes. the auditioners... Mm. The people listening could tell if it was a man or woman by their shoes. Yes. And so they take off their shoes and they go behind the screen and they play. And that means that people are judging simply on whether they're any good or not. Uh, not whether they think 
you know, whereas Male, another bloke female, for the club. Or, or yeah. yes, gender, ethnicity, any of those. But of course that can't happen with conductors by definition and therein well, lies part of the problem, I think. Why can't conductors audition behind a screen? <laughs> Come on, Rhino, tell me. I need to know this. <laughs> uh, they, never... should wear, they should wear blackout like <laughs> yes. mime artists. You can only see their hands. Yes, never worked it up. Well, there it is. Women conductors uh, still to catch up with the number of women actually in orchestras across the world. Hmm. Can I break a story? Absolutely. Where, where is the sound signal for breaking story? It's where? here. Broken story. Daniel Barenboim, people have been asking. I can tell you this, hot off the presses. He was seen this week teaching at the Barenboim Said Academy in Berlin. He's not well, but he's got out of bed and he's gone down to the academy and he's been teaching young orchestra members, which I think is absolutely fantastic and the most heartwarming thing I've heard all week. Great, wonderful. Well, I hope that trend continues. We talked about him last week, you know, what an important person he's been well, in all of our lives, really, musically. Mm. And um, we, hope, we hope we see him again. Still out there. Yeah, yeah good for him. Uh, here's a little sound cue to set off our next discussion. Those were the trombone stylings of Michael Hext. Does that name ring a bell? It does. Was he once a BBC Young Musician of the Year? He was runner the, up in the something or other section. He was the very first winner of the BBC Young Musician of the Year competition. He must be eighty. He's. I think he's actually sixty-one. <laughs> um, but that was in nineteen seventy-eight. Hmm. The BBC Young Musician of the Year competition was established in 1978 by Humphrey Burton and a few other people, TV execs, and um, has progressed through to 2022, mm. having been a massive feature of the schedules, actually. It used to be on yes. BBC One. Yes. Then in 2000, and in the 90s, it migrated. It started to in 1978. Yeah. So... so migrated very quickly. People still had choice. They could have switched to BBC Two. Yes. But BBC Two, they were teaching science, so they didn't. (laughs) And the nation sat there transfixed, watching, who is going to be the next BBC Young Musician of the Year? Is it going to be Hillary from Huddersfield? I remember watching the Young Musician of the Year in the 80s and the 90s, uh, and... And, and 30 million people watched it. They a did. lot of people. They did. It was a Rowena big... from Rochester had a big following. Absolutely. They, you know, you, it was, well, it was um, pretty amazing to see those kids. Maybe, of course, we were special, especially interested, but 30 million people got out there. Then it migrated to BBC Two mm. in the 90s. Then in 2014, it's was went to BBC Four, mm. where it stayed. Now, instead of the 30 million views last... October, it got 210,000 viewers, and it, pre- it completely passed me by. Yes. And Julia Noy Webber has attacked the BBC, this is a story from November the 23rd, for moving its Young Musician of the Year to the Graveyard Channel and not giving it any coverage whatsoever. How do you feel about that? Well, it, it's been moved to BBC Four, and BBC Four is going to be shut down next year. So it's just going to be out there in the ether. Nobody will know it's taking place at all. Um, it's a timely intervention by Julian, but like all the various interventions for saving English national opera, it, it's a kind of last-ditch saloon, really. 
um, the BBC is not interested in audiences uh, that follow a minority pursuit such as classical music. It's not going to invest in them. It is in the process of trying to get out of its commitments to its own orchestras. It's an organisation that's left its classical roots behind it. Well, you, you're, 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 you're being agreed with by Barry, wrote a comment saying the BBC just wants to be rid of all of its elitist stuff, a little like uh, Arts Council England's attitude to opera. They just, mm. they, they, he says, it's a vicious circle, no publicity, no audience, evidence of no demand, replace it with some cheap thing, just celebrity, whatever. And then, but TJ, mm. uh, writing on the 24th of November, said, now that equality is on the tip of everyone's tongue these days, perhaps the Beeb is nervous about such brazen exuberance celebrating an exclusive event. That might be upsetting to see for anyone middling to average or below. And there's far more than the new gifted dearies have a heart. I think that basically means, you, you know, well, they don't want to show excellence, they want to show people as they are, you know, on Love Island yeah. and stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if you're a young musician, Britain is not a good place to be at the moment. Hop on a plane, go to Germany. You have the ARD music competition every year, which is watched on a main channel, the equivalent of BBC One, and millions watch it. And, and the people who get into the finals then have a following and the beginnings of a career. We don't do that anymore. There is another aspect to this, which mm. we must be honest about, which is that competitions eventually, they, I think they have a golden period. They're established, yep. they have a golden period... Yep. Yeah. Whenever he's interested in who won, wins up. And then, uh, then the winners just pile up. Rainer, I have a solution. I mean, this is part of a big pattern. BBC abandoned cricket about 20 years ago. They said there isn't an audience for cricket and it's slow and it's just old people and so forth. And then it got taken up by other channels and they did various shorter forms of cricket. There is 50 over cricket. There is T20 cricket. It's all over in two hours. I think we should do T20 music competitions <laughs> where um, nobody gets to play more than two minutes. And it can all be over in an hour. I'll just go and sell it to the BBC. <laughs> Shortened opera. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the ring cycle in 15 minutes. Mm. Well, that has been tried by a few people. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Now, um, get your ears round this. That is the opening of the last movement of Liszt's transcription of the Eroica Symphony played by Paul Wee, who is a musician that's been covered a couple of times on the website. 
this time because of his new release of uh, that piece, recording that piece, and also an arrangement by Charles Valentin Alcan, composer of the 19th century, you know, uh, contemporary of Liszt, not nearly as famous, of Mozart Piano Concerto K466. And what's astounding about Paul Wee, this guy that is doing all these recordings, this incredibly difficult repertoire, is that he's not just a pianist. This guy's a barrister and a pianist. He's a corporate lawyer, yeah. He's a corporate lawyer. There is a reason why Alcan is not as famous as Liszt. Why is that? Alcan locked himself in his apartment for 25 years and couldn't find the key. Um, I mean, he, he, he got into a bit of a tussle with the French music establishment and said, sod you lot, I'm going back home, and was not seen for 25 years, literally. Yes. Um, well, he... And just wrote music of the most staggering complexity yeah. that nobody dared to play. You can count them on the fingers of one hand. Busoni played Alcan. Uh, Edwin Fischer played Alcan. There are about six pianists who had fingers big enough to get around this until an Englishman called Ronald Smith, who looked like a bank clerk from Kent um, and was pretty much half-blind, he had pebble glasses, was at the BBC one day and they said, Ronald, have you heard of this fellow Alcon? Because he played some Busoni. Why not give it a try? And he became the world Alcon expert and introduced me and probably you as well to the sound of Alcon and suddenly everybody's going around saying, well, if Alcon, I can too. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? I need to get my pronunciation right because I said Charles Valentin Alcan, which is like mixing. It's like mm. it, people always complain about, you know, Mozart. It should be Mozart. 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 But anyway, Charles Valentin Alcan. Um, I was, I've got an admission, I was a member of the Alcan Alcan Society. Oh for my a while. God, that's so elite. I went to see, exactly. I went mm. to see um, Ronald Smith. <sighs> I saw him a few times in concert. Uh, he 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 was the only guy doing it for years, <laughs> yes. and um, there were one or two other one random one or two random um, people out there who recorded a few pieces. But he actually recorded the complete studies in the minor keys, which from which come the concerto for solo piano, the symphonies for solo piano, some absolute fearful variations at the beginning and stuff like that. But now here's this guy, but who, staggering it, and beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. And here's this guy, Paul Wee, who's doing that. On his website, it describes it says, Paul Wee, pianist and barrister, is a man <laughs> after my own heart. Mm. He says, Paul is a barrister practicing from Essex Court Chambers in London, specialising in commercial litigation, international commercial arbitration, and investor state arbitration. I don't even know what those words mean. It gives mean, a whole new dimension to a barrister, barrister practising. You can see him sitting there in chambers with his wig on, yep. going. Your well, client walks through the door. He, I'm sure he's got a, he must have a piano of some sort in his chambers when, in doing downtime. But I, I, he's a man after my own heart because I think it's very hard to, um, you know. It's I, rather a romantic story because, I mean, this is what I heard. Um, he was sitting one day playing his, I hope it wasn't this time, I hope it was a better piano. And a record producer walked by, freelance record producer, who said, this guy's amazing. Had a little chat to him and heard that he, in his teens he was considered a very promising pianist and decided there wasn't a living in it, so he went into law. And then recorded his first Alcon album, sent it to a record label, a boutique record label in Sweden, where they went completely crazy over Biss. it. Biss. Biss. Yeah. And, and he now has an alternative career. So if the bar closes, as it were, 
he can be out there playing alcohol. I admire. It's very hard if you if you you know hover between two stools, which I do to some extent. Mm. Now, and I love my music, and it's great to talk to you. But I'm actually I do stand up comedy in clubs, upstairs yeah. in pubs. Yeah. You know, I mix the two now. So well, here it's sit down comedy. <laughs> I, I don't want listeners to think we're standing up doing yeah, this. We, no. Well, no, we can afford chairs on our podcast, yeah. and we're doing that. Yeah. There are a few other people. I was thinking the other people that did that. The ones I've come up with, obviously the, the classic ones. Vivaldi was a priest. Philip Glass worked as a taxi driver while he was, you know, making his name. And, yes, uh, and, and uh, I think he had a removals van as well, which he operated with Steve Reich. <laughs> I'm serious. Steve Reich told me this one. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure whether you're okay. Who else? No, Alexander Borodin, chemist, Rimsky Korsakov, naval officer. I mean, I, I, re- I seem to remember Jean Philippe Collard uh, described himself. Described. I thought he was a. I thought he was a tennis player, Jean Philippe Collard. Did Sounds right, doesn't it? He played, he, apparently he had to choose. I thought he had to choose between a career as a tennis player mm-hmm. and a pianist. But I've searched the web and I can't find any information. Roger Federer's next opponent is Jean-Philippe Collard. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be wearing a concert outfit using the lid from a Bechstein concert grand. <laughs> well, he describes himself on his website as a gentleman pianist, which I admire. But I wonder how many mm. other people are out there. Maybe our listeners can suggest some names of people who did that. Who are have got these two amazing talents, or you know, whatever? Maybe they're just you know different different aspects of the same talent. If you see what I mean, there but, is this famous picture. You can probably find it if you search slip disc of Roger Federer with Anne Sophie Mutter on a tennis court, um, and she is actually using a tennis racket, not a violin. <laughs> okay, so we'd like to hear from you. Who is it? that you know that has done something different with their lives, not just music. Maybe they've done these things simultaneously. Maybe they gave up and did that thing or the other way around. Uh, Paul Wee is the only example I can think of who basically went off, did his day job and then transferred to the, to the area of being a pianist. Mm. That's pretty unusual. So yep, congratulations is. to him. We want to hear more from him and more Alcan or Alcan. Can I break another story? Yeah, please. This is possibly of intrinsic interest. This is possibly of intrinsic interest, but my understanding is the New York Times is not going to be reviewing any more concerts by visiting orchestras unless they're the Berlin Philharmonic or the Vienna Philharmonic. They have cut back on their review space savagely. They're doing advanced features, but they're not reviewing concerts anymore. So they'll review new operas at the Met, they'll review uh, concerts by the New York Philharmonic because it's the local band, but visiting orchestras and visiting artists coming to New York, they're not going to get the review coverage. They once went to New York specifically that, so, that, so that they could say on their publicity, wonderful, brilliant, amazing, dash New York Times. Yeah. That's over. Now, this is, I haven't got absolute rock solid proof for it. You've may have seen in the New York Times how much they've reduced their review coverage. Uh, I know there is a chain of emails. I haven't got hold of it yet. When I do, it'll appear on slip disk. But this is an, a sea change in the way that serious media are covering serious music. And if it's happening over there, it's going to be happening everywhere else. So um, if you are a professional music critic, um, you'd probably do well to go and study chemistry with Mr. Borodin. Yeah, uh, find something else to do. I think that already has happened to a large extent. I mean, for example, Ivan Hewitt, mm. who writes for the Telegraph, he is chief critic of the Daily Telegraph, mm. but he's a chief without any Indians. It's just him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, I it's very hard to get a review for anything that has happened. Yeah. Basically, people will trail stuff, so they will do 
They will do puff pieces about whatever it is, but they won't talk about something that has already happened. Um, and that's a big shame, I think. It's terrible. It's terrible because it is, it is essential that any performance of any kind get some kind of feedback. And the review is the first line of feedback. It's also the first witness to history. If you're not getting that in America's gateway to music, which is New York, and you're not getting it in the headquarters of music, which is Carnegie Hall, then one is really shouting into the vacuum. Yeah. Um, it, is, it is a shame, but it is a fact of life. That and you heard it here first. There we go. So that's something to watch out for in, coming, in the coming days mm. on the website. Now, here's one final little snippet for you to tease you and our listeners. What about this? That, Norman, ladies and gentlemen, is the sound of a vacuum cleaner taken off the internet. I took it from a YouTube clip, mm -hmm. which, by the way... Was it a Hoover or a Dyson? I, I, I can't... Th I don't think it was either. It was some... Call the music critic! <laughs> well, that is relevant, because it is with household items that the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra, in the advertising, have teamed up with Argos to create a version of the Blue Danube using household appliances. When they say teamed up, I mean, I have to laugh at that. It basically means that Argos phoned up the... Uh, the, the RPO and said, listen, uh, here's 20,000 quid. Can you get a few of your musicians down uh, uh, to do something that we can advertise our household appliances? <laughs> it's hardly teaming up. The RPO would have done it for money. But they have made a version of the Blue Danube, which you can go on. Go back to the website. You can see it Find on it the website. It's, yep. it, it's absolutely great. By the way, that sound of the vacuum cleaner... Came and from it's so traditional because, as you know... Um, Royal Philharmonic Orchestra was founded by Sir Thomas Beecham, who lived just around the corner up there. We should do one of our shows from his place. Um, and Sir Thomas Beecham used to refer to his percussion department and all the other chaps around them as the boys in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> and so here we have kitchen appliances and we have a member of the percussion department solemnly clicking a kettle up and down. Click, 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 click. Click, do, 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 do. click, 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 click. Now, I, I love that kind of stuff because, of course, that's what I spend my time making orchestras do. However, mm. I have to say, they're not actually playing the Blue Danube. They're accompanying the, a recording of the Blue Danube. But nevertheless, mm. it's quite fun. And uh, uh, Barry, uh, who's a commenter, said Shades of Hoffman um, because Hoffman used, well, some floor cleaners and stuff, which were uh, in one of his concerts in 1956, I think it was, the first one. And... The floor cleaners were played by the Amadeus String Quartet. I haven't actually. This is this this is the Grand Grand Overture by Malcolm Arnold. <laughs>
that is the Grand Grand Overture, which was originally played, the, the, uh, was cre a role created partly by the Amadeus String Quartet and various other people. But that was Ziggy from the Amadeus on the B-flat Hoover. <laughs> oh, you know, you couldn't do that on the Dyson. I have an irrational prejudice about Dyson's because in the very few men's loos that are left backstage in concertors, they've all been taken over by women, um, they make you dry your hands with a Dyson. Right. At Brexiting. I like choice. Where is my Hoover? Yes. Well, that, you need your hands sucked clean. <laughs> but that is a completely different utensil uh, set of facilities. Mm. Um, anyway, that is uh, Hoffman, the first user of household appliances. Uh, various people say uh, Greg Bottini from the US. Mm. Thanks, Greg. Says brilliant British humour. And he's done us the credit of including the U in brackets at its wackiest. But why isn't John Cleese conducting? Well, he might have been for all we know. Well, listen, more to read about, more to enjoy. Um, please keep the comments coming because we do want to hear from you. And uh, they feed what we're going to talk about and you know how we feel about ourselves as well. You know, because we go off into dark and cave in between episodes of back chat. And we want to make sure that, you know, people are actually listening. So thanks again. Raina, thank you so much. Listen, we'll be back next week. Meantime, I'm going to close with, this is Paul Wee, our barrister pianist, finishing the Mozart Piano Concerto K466 in the arrangement by Charles Valentin Alcon. Il is Soloist of the Week. Mm -hmm.